for once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. All right, guys, what's up? I hope everyone's doing well. Um, we've got a bunch of people still joining probably, so as people kind of come in, accept them if you can, and we'll try and focus on the questions in the call. Just so everybody knows, this is a lot of your first call with us or the first time ever being on a success call. So we want to do these calls every week, and these are called the Setter Success Calls. And the purpose of them is to kind of shout out and highlight a rep that's doing really well in the company that has very standard um, good numbers that are consistent because we want you to all learn from that rep. If that rep is doing very well, there's obviously things he's doing that you could probably incorporate into your game to become better. So we're going to do these every Friday at this same time. So if you guys could try and reserve this spot on your schedule, hopefully it's during your lunch break or whatever, but we definitely don't want to take away from you guys and your time on the door. So make sure you're still hitting those hours but this will hopefully help you guys learn some tips and tricks and kind of hear the success stories of other reps. Anything you want to add there? I think we got an awesome one today. We got Carlo jumping on. Carlo's a beast with setting. I asked Kaiden, who's your biggest baller setter? And he said, Carlo, dude. So we got Carlo. And just so you guys know who this is, this is Cody. Cody runs all the marketing and Instagram stuff, social media stuff for us. He does all of our filming, et cetera. So he's gonna make sure these are all recorded so later on, if you guys want to go back and listen to these or if people didn't hear them and they were too busy or whatever it is, they can jump on and listen. So that's who Cody is. You can always hit him up. And then again, my name is Jake. If I haven't met you guys, I'm the VP of sales. So I'll, I'll try and help out anywhere I can always with the sales program. Carlo, how you doing out there, brother? Good, man. Still chilling. Still just chilling. Still the small Filipino man, you know? Still the... <laughs> Guys, when you guys hear me say the little Filipino, this is who we're talking about. <laughs> this is the guy I shout out. On the videos, I, I, have to, I have to say it, dude. Do you want me to switch that up? Should I say big Filipino? No, Stick to it, dude. Filipino Americano? Or? Dude, is that kind of your title now? Do people in the company, are they calling you the little Filipino guy? I mean, not yet, but I want it to catch on. Like, dude. I want, I want, I want to be the little <laughs> All right, I'm trying to give you a nickname. I hope it works out, dude. I love it. So, guys, today we have Carlo on the call. Carlo, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, um, your history, your story in general, your, about your family, your siblings, etc. <laughs> yeah, so I was born in the Philippines. Uh, I lived there until I was seven. Then we moved out to Chicago. Um, I have... I mean, two siblings, so there's three of us in total. Uh, my my brother is married. He lives in uh, Texas. My sister just got married. Lives in Utah. And um, I'm making more money than them right now, and I haven't even finished school. They finished school. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, my, my, my parents are still out in Chicago. They were both nurse practitioners. Uh, they were both doctors in the Philippines, but they brought us out here to, you know, experience that American dream and uh, live life. And honestly, like, this, this job has given me that opportunity. Like, I, I honestly haven't felt more alive, like, actually pursuing my dreams. Um, 
than now, like through this job. So, yep, my name's Carlo. Nice to meet you. That is a super impressive story in history. Carlo, it's pretty amazing that, just like you said, this job is kind of the American dream, right? It's yeah. kind of however hard you work is what you're going to get back from it. How, whatever effort you put in, you're going to get those results tenfold, right? That's what America's about, is really trying to create opportunities for yourself to grow and become better and more capable and more able. So that's really impressive that you're doing this, man. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, bro. Two questions I have for you I think everybody wants to know as we start the call is, for one, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> it's Banyez. Banyez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and not then... Banyez. <laughs> so, Banyez. Yeah. All right. And then we also, we just got to know, how tall are you actually? <laughs> what is your actual height? Um, tall enough. Tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tall enough to steal your girl, right? <laughs> Tall enough. Uh, five two. Uh, five two. Five two. Okay, five two and six five as far as your heart goes. Hey, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Well, Carlo, we're super excited to have you on here. I I kind of want you to recap your numbers last couple of weeks. How long have you been there for so far? Um, I think yesterday was my fourth week officially. Yeah. Okay, and you've just been setting every week, right? Yes, sir. And how's it been going so far? Do you enjoy it? I I love it. It's it's insane. Like um, it's kind of unbelievable. I still can't fathom like like how much money I've made on paper. What have your past jobs been, Carlo? Uh, first job I worked at Chick Fil A, um, and then um, when I moved out to Idaho for for school for a bit, I, I worked as a paraprofessional. So we were, I was working with. Um, like disabled people um, and trying to help them kind of live normal lives. And then um, I worked as a pest control technician. Uh, that's actually what kind of got me into like thinking about sales. But I just saw how shady or how shady like pest control was. So I was like, I want to do sales, but I want to find like a good product to sell. And I found this, which is dope. And then, but before before here, I was working at a school for kids with autism. Um, kind of same thing. Like we were just trying to help them um, with like social life and trying to teach them how to, I don't know, like pick up on cues and just live a normal life, kind of. So, so yeah, so a lot, lot of interpersonal skills that you've developed. You'd yeah. say, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's. Um, uh, one of the things I've picked up the most from like my experiences and jobs and stuff. Okay. And it's helped a lot um, out here, just knocking doors and talking to people. I bet, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're very personable. I remember when I first met you and you came in, you had straight up the heart and the swag of a guy that was six foot five, dude. <laughs> you rolled in with your van and you're telling about how you are doing music stuff. You got your van out there. You live in. You kind of do your own thing. You're like, dude, it makes way more sense. The girls love it. Like, <laughs> like I, you straight up came in there full of skills and personality. You're just the biggest hype man, dude. Dude, <laughs> I will try. I'll try my best always. So, Carlos, since you've been out there, you've been doing this for four weeks. You've had multiple other jobs in the past, right? You've done. Chick-fil-A, you've done some like social work type activities, you've done you've been a tech for a pest control company. It means you sprayed the yards, right? Yep. Like you've kind of been all over the place. 
I would venture to say you've made more in the last four weeks than like all those jobs combined almost. Do you yeah. do you know what your commission report is kind of at this point? Like what you are obviously you haven't been paid on them because they haven't been installed. But do you know what you're supposed to have made the last four weeks? So I've actually had three installs already. Oh, okay, great. So you've been there for yeah. four weeks. And already had three installs. Mm -hmm. Wow, that shows uh, everybody that's pretty quick. Yeah, it was it was uh, like really quick, unexpected. Usually, I mean, out here they were they were saying four to six weeks. Yeah, but. Uh, Lancaster, for some reason, um, within like two weeks, the papers were, were good. So that's awesome. So installs plus projected income. Do you know how? Do you know what you're at the last four weeks? Um, like 10k. 10k. So this is your first four weeks ever doing door-to-door -door sales in your life. Yep. yep. And you're just setting. Yep. Awesome, man. Well. It's insane. Like and it's, I don't. It's hard to believe sometimes. I've talked to my friends about this, and I've said those numbers to them, and they feel like it's hard to come across the field, you know? Like, they always think, oh, what's what's the catch? It's so unbelievable, and I'm like, oh, guys, like, I'm trying to be optimistic. This is all 100% not a scam. how much money I've made. I need to, uh, oh, there we go. Somebody muted him. Thank you. I was going to, someone was being kind of loud. Did you hear that? Okay, I don't know who that was. So, guys, make sure to keep your mics muted unless you have a question or want to speak up. But yeah, it's it's insane, right? I mean, you've made ten grand, and that's your first ever month. How much better do you feel today, week four, than you did week one? Can you hear us? Can you hear us, Carlo? Yeah, can, we can hear you too. So, so what's the differences in you right now at week four opposed to week one? Like, how do you feel and does it get better? I think there's a lot of setters that started last week or the week before. Like, you're only four weeks in, but is there light at the end of the tunnel a little bit? <laughs> I don't think you can hear us. Oh, definitely. Um, I think the big difference oh, between week four and one It's lagging. I want to hear from somebody else, like Alan or Cam Taggy or something like that, or Jake Meyer. Can you guys hear us okay? What's the lag like from me to Carlo? Yeah, hey, Carlo, you should you should enter it in again, but just do a phone call because it's just your video trying to – it's super, super slow. Okay, Carlo, so what you're going to do is go to your invite and just push the by phone button instead of FaceTime, whatever. lagging on our end too. Can you guys hear me pretty quick or am I lagging as well? No. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. We'll, we'll have Carlo call back in and kind of go from there. That's weird. Look yeah. what happened with Carson. And so we'll just go through a lot of these. These are the same questions last time, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think we got through maybe three quarters of them with cars. Carlo's a good guy. The little Filipino.
Yes, Carlo. Perfect. That's way better. Cool. Awesome. So, Carlo, my last question to you was, you've been doing this for four weeks now. How much more comfortable are you now, and what can these guys expect? The feeling, what, what, what does it feel like when you're four weeks deep? What, what does it feel like when what? What does it feel like now to go out and set every day? Is it hard? Is it easy? Is it easier than it was four weeks ago? Like, kind of where are you at? How's your morale currently opposed to week one? Yeah, so the, the biggest difference uh, with week four to week one is uh, something we we like to call the big slick energy in, in our team. Um, shout out to the boys, big slick energy out here. And uh, honestly, like when I first came out here, I was super excited. Um, and so that kind of carried me. But then after like the first couple weeks, um, after like the second week, it kind of, you know, the, the, the nose and the red the rejection kind of gets to you um and so that you know like you, ca you carry that energy to the next the next door and then we had a really good meeting uh where carson kind of introduced that um that concept of the big slick energy where you just get in there with you know full confidence that you're going to pull five bills um that day and you kind of just talk yourself up and when that happens like when your mentality changes, the way you talk changes, the way you, you, you your body, you know, body language changes, um, the way you carry yourself changes. And, um, you know, like coming out now, like it'll still be hard getting out of your car knowing like, you know, you're going to knock all these doors. But if you just, if you just uh, switch that mentality of, yeah, I'm going to get five, five today. I um, mean, you just carry that with you the whole day. Um, that's what change, That's what's changed for me, and that's what's made it easier for me, is that big slick energy. So you feel like you're a lot more confident now than you were week one, essentially. For sure. And yep. so you're a lot more driven, a lot more confident, a little bit more of a hype guy, right? Yep. That's awesome. I think that you're going to definitely, when it comes to being a setter, confidence is key, and being able to keep on going. So when you started the summer or started the year, you probably had a why of why you were doing this, and that why has maybe changed since then, but what would you say your why is? What keeps you going? Why are you here? Um, I just have a lot of goals. Um, my ultimate goal really is to, to go back to the Philippines and um, help out in the Philippines through um, like businesses and just helping people be empowered in the Philippines. And that's why I love, you know, I, I just, like, was aligned to the, the message of this company, which is Empower. Um, and that's my why. Is I, that's my ultimate goal is to go back to the Philippines and help people, help my people feel empowered to, to take life and, you know, kind of control it um, with their own free will. And so every time I wake up, that's that's kind of my why, and like this is this is a great platform to help me um, accomplish that goal of mine. I agree. I think that that's really cool, man. It's it is it's good to hear that you want to take what you're learning here and the opportunity you have and trying to give back a little bit. That's definitely going to push you. And guys, if you don't have a why, you should find one. What do you want to do? How do you want to help your family? What do you want to help in your future life, future families, etc. Those things are all important. 
And so your why is going to always kind of evolve and change. But Carlo, I think that's a really, really good why to keep yourself motivated and to want to strive to work harder every day. Because as a setter, at this point, Carlo, you've made $10,000 and you've had a lot of deals go through and you're getting good at the job. It might be easy to kind of slack off, right? Uh-huh. Is, is that, has that been an issue for you? Have you lost any motivation or lost any drive? Are you getting hotter or colder? Or how's that for you going? Yeah, honestly, um, it's, it's been, I've never made this much money ever in my, my life. And knowing that it's, it's there, it's like, it kind of feels like, oh, you've made it, dude. But, I mean, I haven't. You know, it's only, like, it, that's a huge number for me, but there's so much more opportunity, you know. And there are times when I'm like, oh, you know, like, I have money coming and um, I can, you know, I can maybe not, 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 this last door, you know, go home, go home like at five or whatever. But it's been, it's been, um, it's been a good struggle, like kind of uh, fighting off that natural like instinct of slowing down. Um, and it's, this is a great opportunity to kind of build that grit every day. Um, just deciding every day, like, no man, there's so many, so much more out there. Um, there's just a whole sea of opportunity out there. You gotta keep going. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, what separates millionaires from guys that aren't are people that just kept on working, right? I mean, hypothetically, Carlo, you have the opportunity this year, even if you just stayed where you are, just setting just on your first month of income, which if you make 10 grand month one, guys, that means you're gonna make 20 grand month two. Whatever you made month one, month two, you'll double, and you'll triple the next month, and double again, and keep on going that way. But that's gonna stop doubling and stop tripling if you stop working. And so what separates the rich and the poor is really people that just kept on working through it and didn't get content, didn't become comfortable with that income and that amount of money. So obviously we want everyone to have the fastest learning curve they can when it comes to setting. So Carlo, something I would ask you is obviously you've learned a lot last four weeks. What's one thing you wish you knew before you started setting? Or what are some advice you have for new setters to kind of make that learning curve go quicker? Going back to like the whole mentality of the whole thing, like I didn't realize uh, how much it plays a factor in in how you talk to people. Just like your how you speak to yourself in between doors, you know, like oh this door is you know this this guy is not gonna want it, or like oh, there's so many people that haven't or that have rejected me. You know, if you carry that in between doors, it it transfers to how you talk to people. And you kind of don't realize it. Even even if you're pumping yourself up, like, superficially, um, if inside you're kind of, like, down on yourself, um, like, it'll carry. And that's what I wish I would have known is up front, um, like, how to, like, speak to yourself um, positively um, and kind of really believe, like, the day is yours. So a lot of positive self-talk. What about from a skill set? What would you have told yourself day one that you've learned? Um, from a skill set, I would have said um, to just drill the pitch. Because the pitch that was given to us, um, Titan's pitch, is it has everything in there that you need um, to know in order to kind of, um, 
if somebody has an objection, you know, like you, you, you know exactly what to say because it's already in there. You're not doing the pitch extensively or you're not doing the pitch word for word every time. But when, when I finally took the time to really like drill the pitch, um, things would come up and I knew exactly what to say with confidence, um, you know, without hesitation. That's awesome, dude. I think it's always important too. I remember when I was out setting, it's always important to hone your pitch. I remember when I had my interview with Kaiden, he did some training videos and he had a freaking awesome one-liner and I'm probably going to butcher it, but he said something to the effect of, I know there's something wrong with my pitch if they have objections. If they're giving me a bunch of objections, I know that my pitch is off because my pitch should answer those objections before they even ask them. So that's awesome, dude. Um, oh, go ahead. No, you're totally good. Is that... Is that any any other advice you would give, Carlo, for brand new reps or that you wish you would have known four weeks ago? No, I mean that's everything really. Uh, right now. <laughs> everything that I that has helped me is um, just that mental switch of you know just you're here, you're born for this job. Um, don't you know? Don't let the world kind of like tell you differently. Um, you just go out there and. Have that have that energy with you, and when you talk to people, it just carries, and people will believe you because you believe yourself. What are you guys calling it? Your slick? Your what energy? Slick. Your slick energy. Big slick energy. Big, Big slick. slick. I don't know. Carson would have to explain it to you. Um, Sounds Italian. It's like a this pest control days. A big slick energy. Well, I love it. That attitude's critical. I think the sooner a setter can realize that, look, if you act like you're if you act like you belong there, then they'll treat you like you belong there. If you don't, they won't either. So that's kind of what that big slick energy is, just saying that, hey, I'm the man, I belong here, and just listen to what I have to say. And don't be, obviously don't be too forward or too aggressive with that, but just be confident and believe in yourself and it'll all work out. Carlo, last week, how many bills did you pull? Do you know? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think, I believe you pulled about, let me see here, you had around 20 sets, I believe, and do you know how many set closes you had last week? Um, I think I had one last week. And then how many the week before? Uh, I just know in total it's been six. Been six in the last four weeks, so you got one, one, two, two, stuff like that. So you've been kind of like a steady, consistent guy. You haven't had one like, huge pop-off week, but you've just gotten a cup like one or two every week. Yep. That's cool. So to, to stay consistent like that, what's your schedule right now? What are you doing? How do you manage your time? When are you getting out in the door? Stuff like that. Um, so this past week, we, moved, we just moved into a new house, and it's been kind of hard to get back on that, on that schedule. But when, I, when we first got here, uh, my, my schedule is just wake up at 6, work out till 7.30, um, and then from 7.30 to 9, I just, I'll sneak in a breakfast there and then um, read a book, just kind of do um, my, my morning routine, and then by 10, we, we've been uh, going out at 10 working, and then 10 to 5, sometimes when I have follow-ups, I'll come home at like 6, 7. Last night I came home at, at 7.30. Um, and then when I get home, one of the things that I, I 
like that are in my bullet list to do uh, at night is um, kind of journal the day, um, figure out what I did today that I want to do differently tomorrow, and um, I, I just throw in some meditation in there, and then by 10 o'clock I try to sleep, but sometimes the boys are up talking, so I'll be up to like 11 in bed. So you stay, do you stay pretty rigid with that schedule? Do, this, do you do the same thing almost every single day? Yeah, I was doing really good until we moved into this new house. It's, it's been kind of uh, rough the past week to, to get into that schedule just because we had a few late nights. But yeah, I was pretty rigid with that schedule um, before, before we moved into this, this house. You know, I think there's something to be learned right there as well, Carlo, is success is not always like this. Right, we've taught a lot of you guys about success, what it looks like, and oftentimes success goes up and then back down, then up and then back down. But you're always getting a little bit higher every time. You're peaking to a new height every time, and so what you're experiencing is normal. Four weeks in, and your fourth week, you're having a little bit of a hard time with the schedule or some transition, some changes happened, and now you need to readjust. So you are up at a peak, and now you're kind of back down, but you're going to go higher and better and stronger next time. And so remember that, guys, setters or closers, if you have had huge weeks and you have a lull, that's normal and that's okay. But just make sure the next time you go up, you're higher and stronger than you were last time. And I think that schedule and keeping that solid probably helps you with that big, slick energy, right? Oh, definitely. And so I think we have Carson Law on the, on the call here. I, I want him to chime in. I want him to let me know what is big, slick energy to you, dude? All right, guys. I to break down this story for you real quick. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you great. Okay, so on the, the good old pest control days, we would use like these like slicks, and they were probably the size of like an iPad mini. And something happened with mine, I lost them, and the only ones they had left were like these retro massive slicks, like bigger than a clipboard. And so I just felt so janky walking around with them. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I'm done for Like, there's no way someone's going to see this slick and, like, take me seriously. Um, and ever since I started using those slicks, I, I started to pop off. Like, just throwing in huge days, like, seven, eight, nine, you know, whatever. Big days in, in past. And I was like, it's it's the slicks, man. It is the slicks. It's not me. It's the size <laughs> of, of the slick. And so that was kind of a running joke that we ran in our office since then. Um and then I got new smaller slicks and, and continued to have some success. But I just carry that with my guys right now. And, dude, I just tell them, like, hey, you got to have that mentality of, like, just believing, believing, like, and keep moving forward. And, guys, this is coming from Carson Law, who last week became the GOAT of the Closer Club, just so you guys know, closing 16 deals. So he knows what he's talking about. He's been around, and he, he really does have that big, slick energy that we're talking about so far that Carlo's learning, that Carlo is trying to adopt into his own his own game right now. So Carlo, currently, what do you feel like your biggest strength and your biggest weakness is? Um, I would say my biggest strength is just being uh, comfortable in myself and knowing like my strengths. Um, I just have to play to my strengths, and I, I guess that's my biggest strength is just I just I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with who I am and I am I can be genuine when I talk to people because of that um 
and my I guess my biggest weakness would be um, like my mentality is work smart, not hard. And sometimes that that's all. But sometimes it's it's too much working smart and not enough work hard. And so, um, like I said, like this is a great opportunity for me to work on that to just every day um, get that grind and develop that grit. Um, but yeah, that's my I guess my biggest weakness and my strengths. I think that that's really interesting what you said there. There's a million quotes, and Cody probably knows them better than me, about how if you don't work, no, nothing else will. And if yeah. you're not working hard, then like nothing else will work into place, stuff like that. I think our generation, Carlo, I mean, I know that you, that you think you're way younger than me, but we're almost the same age, dude. I don't care what you say. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest issues with our generation is that we think we try and outsmart work mm. sometimes. Yeah. Right? Because we, we don't want to work. Because we don't want to work. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, what's the easiest way to do this? Or what's the fastest way to do this? Or how can I save myself the most work? Or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Which I agree, that's a good thing to be thinking and doing. But there is no substitute for work, especially yeah. for a setter. I have heard it all. Oh, I'm going to try and hand out flyers. I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to make these. I'm mm. going to, I've heard it from everybody. And I thought it myself, and there's straight up no substitute before that's better than just getting on the doors, knocking, hitting the hours, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool that you can identify that weakness and that you know that because, guys, as a setter, if you can know what you're good at and what you're bad at, your leader above you, your manager, your divisional, your regional, whoever that is, he's worked on those things. If you go to him and say, hey, these are my weaknesses, I can tell that I'm bad at I don't work hard enough. Help me. I'm I try and work too smart. Try and help me get on the doors. Hey, I'm struggling with my pitch. Can you help me with that? My transition here is bad. I don't know how to manage my area. I'm going all over the place in the neighborhood. I don't know how to do follow-ups. Ask your leaders, ask your team, they will help you. So that's that's really good to know what you're good at and what you're not as good at so you can try and make some improvements. If you guys haven't read a lot of you setters out there, if you haven't read this book, you should. It's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. That book talks a lot about that, about focusing on what your weaknesses are and honing in on those and making those your strengths because a lot of times the weaknesses you have are the one things that are keeping you from taking that next step towards greatness. So totally would recommend that book. And you need to be serious with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, Carlo, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, that's some good input for us. I bet a lot of setters feel the same way because most of them are your same age. Um, it's a great book. Read, read that book. Awesome. Okay, you read that book. So that actually that goes well with my next question for you, Carlo, is in that book, David Goggins talks about cookie jars, uh-huh. right? And you have to be able to reach in your cookie jar, pull out a cookie when you need it. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. What, what is he saying by that, if you could explain to the other setters, and at the same time, what are your cookies? What's in your cookie jar? What's in my cookie jar? Um, I really, it goes back to like my why, um, like I'm, I'm really out here because I think, um, like I have big goals and things that I want, I want to do and accomplish, uh, not for myself, but in order to just help people like feel the way I feel now to work in this job. Um, and so I always like, whenever I, I'm feeling kind of down or, or like, uh, tired, then I'll go back to that, and that's, that's definitely in my cookie jar. 
also I, I always think about um, right now so I, quick story my parents didn't know when I came out here I didn't tell my parents I was going to come out here <laughs> um, yeah and I they thought that I was going to stay in Utah work as an EMT and kind of pursue um, a career in, in medicine and uh, I didn't tell them that I, I wasn't going to do that anymore because I, I just knew that they weren't up for the risk. And so in my cookie jar is, I just always think about that. Like, I don't want to, it's not like I don't, I don't want to prove them wrong, but I want to prove to them that like, this is, you know, me pursuing what I, my dreams is, um, you know, what I, I want to do. And so I, I always, that's one of the things like I reach into the cookie jar and think of like, I want to show them that um, this is a good path and, I'm doing the right thing. I love that, dude. I remember Mo. Yeah. So I came out with my buddy Mo last year, and he had kind of a similar situation to you, Carlo, where his whole family, he comes from a Muslim family, and his whole family, they have, like, this group text or whatever, and he printed out, like, a huge poster-sized screenshot of this group message with his family, and in it, his brother was like, you'll never make six figures knocking doors, and you'll never be successful and you need to get a steady job. And he had that printed out in his room just as like motivation, like one of his cookies in his cookie jars to just remind himself, you know, I got to get at it today. Every day I got to get at it to prove him wrong. And to, and it, like you said, it's not even necessarily something that you have against your family. It's just, we grow up with these little boxes, right? Our little paradigms. Yeah. If you guys have read seven habits, yeah. it talks about our little paradigms, how we see the world through this box. And we just need to break them sometimes for ourselves and for other people. So I think that's awesome, dude. Yeah. And it was awesome because my first week, like I said, I had that, uh, I had three set closes my first week. Wow. After that first week, I called them and I was like, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm in California. Selling. By the way. And they were so shocked. <laughs> and I was like, I pulled the receipts on them, you know. This is how much I've made in the first week. Wow. And it was just a really good feeling. Stuff, dude. That's awesome, man. It's those are the experiences, those are the memories you're gonna keep with you and you're gonna keep adding to your cookie jar. Guys, what a cookie yeah. jar is, the book explains that in life we have really hard things we're going through, it's a struggle. And if you don't have a cookie jar to pull out of and eat a cookie every once in a while, have a good uplifting experience or memory or a why or a reason, then you're gonna fall flat. So you need to keep your cookie jar full. And those memories of calling your parents and how good that felt to tell them, hey man, I just made 4,000 bucks this week or something, whatever you said. And I'm having a great experience out here. I'm learning, I'm growing. Those are memories that are going to keep with you. And I know one, one of my cookie jar things where I'm the youngest of four and all my older brother-in-laws had all done summer sales. And they'd all done very well doing summer sales. And so when it was my turn to go do summer sales, I couldn't be the guy that was bad. <laughs> like, I just couldn't do it. Like, my, my ego, my pride, whatever it was, like, I couldn't be the one that fell on my face. I had to go close deals. I had to go rip accounts. And I, I, I used that. I mean, those weeks I had a great week and I want to quit or go to the beach for the whole next week. I had to pull in my cookie jar and say, dude, I got to beat these guys. I got to be better than these guys. Mm -hmm. So I think that's applicable to everybody on the call. Like all you setters out there, you got to find whatever lights you on fire and hone in on that, dude. 100%. Makes all the difference. So, Carlo, I'm curious, have you had any big failure days out there? Have you had days you haven't pulled any bills? Is that or is someone like you not have those days? Oh, definitely. 
days where I haven't pulled any of those. He's like, today's one of those days. <laughs> it's the solar coaster. So what do you do to keep morale up on those days? But also, what have you learned from those days? Um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm out here with a bunch of great guys. Uh, our house that we live in, it's just filled with just awesome guys. And so we're all lifting each other up, and we all have that mentality of, you know, we're out here together, and we want to, help each other out and so every time you know we all have bad days every time we get home we're just out there um ready to pump each other up uh, and so that's that's helped a lot um just the boys they're awesome so you, you so, thought your teams really helped you out on those days yeah yeah it's, it's been great they're, they're they're seriously just a bunch of great guys um but what i've learned from that is like you know when you pull a bagel you can't it's only going up from there, you know. It's kind of a, you can't get worse than that. So, you know, the next day you have the mentality of like, all right, let's just get better. And any any failure you can just get up from, so. That's awesome, dude. What are you, like, currently, what do you feel like is a myth that you heard coming out here about solar or about setting that you kind of debunked or figured out is not true? Myth. Um, honestly, I didn't, I haven't heard a ton about, like, the industry before even coming out here, but I didn't know a ton of myths, but, um, I've, I heard a lot about, like, oh, these are just bigger, you know, you're selling bigger things compared to, uh, pest control, so it's going to be harder for you to sell, um, but I, I, I don't know, I, I don't think it's, hasn't been hard. Hasn't been um, hard. To, get people to do that so. what about maybe things that your family told you did your family have any doubts that you uh proved wrong yet i mean i guess you didn't tell them until you're out here and already doing well yeah right yeah it's just the just the risk of it um they just didn't think it was worth it but I, yeah, I mean, I guess I proved them wrong. So what are some of those things you're, like, what are you using right now to prove them wrong? What are some resources you're using? Is there any, like, trainings that you've heard from people or from your leaders? Or is there any, like, the training manuals that you've referred to or the audio recordings or videos you've watched? Like, what are some of the resources that you're using along the way to help you? Is there any good podcasts or books? Or what are you kind of using right now? terms of the job or like just anything to just in both just like kind of similar what are your resources that you're pulling from like to learn how to set better or to learn how to do this better or to be have a better mindset stuff like that okay um well in terms of just uh setting better i think we we do a really good job in our uh team of communicating communicating with, with each other what works and what doesn't and um like we'll, we'll always talk about just kind of bounce ideas of what what worked for them that day, what didn't, and I'll, I'll take some of those things and try it out. Um, and so shout out to the boys because they're they're all we're always trying to like improve our pitch, um, just talking to each other about that stuff. Um, uh, let's see, like mindset wise, what's helped me a ton is. Just listening to, um, like, 
myself, or what's it called, like motivational videos. You know, I just look up like a video before you go, uh, before I knock the door, I just look, look up a random video and then, I don't know, that'll just get me pumped up for the day. That's awesome, dude. So you you definitely would suggest that these guys, and I, I think I would second that notion that they should probably have team meetings where they're saying, hey, what's working, what's not working as far as setting goes? What are you saying? What are you saying? Kind of comparing notes and figuring out what the best pitches really are. Yeah. And it's not even, and what's cool, it's like it's not even like an official meeting. You know, when we when we get home, we're just, this is what we're always talking about. We just always have that, we just kind of have that culture in the house of, you know, how do we get better? Um, it's not like we sit down and like compare notes and stuff. It's just um, constantly what we're talking about, which is cool. That is cool. That's good. That's if you can become obsessed with this, this job, your craft, everything about it, you'll do the best. Like you really, really will. So that's cool. You guys are obviously fairly obsessed with it because you're doing it every single day. You're talking about it and it carries through with everything you do, right? It's all about the job. It's all about work. Yeah. Which when you're out there, that's the main reason you're there, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. But I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. So Carlo, when you're pulling your bills, how many bills a day do you feel like you pull on average? Around four or five. Around four or five every day. So those are pretty high numbers. Are a lot of those, a lot of the time when you knock, is it the first time you knock that they give you the bill or is it a lot of follow-ups or what? what's going on there? Um, up to the third one is usually like the first time I knock. Um, the fourth or fifth one are usually um, follow-ups. Okay. So the, I'll, I'll, yeah. Towards the end of the day, I'll... I'll just go back to some follow-ups that I, I see has some hope. And um, usually I'll be able to pull the fourth and fifth one. Interesting. So, you, so you're pulling like two or three during the day, and then like two or three people are saying, hey, come back later tonight, and you go back later that night. Yeah. So do you wait till the very end of the day to do follow-ups? Yeah. Okay. Why do you do that? Uh, well, usually they say to come back is, because their spouse is not there. Mm. Uh, they take care of the stuff. And um, they usually come home after work around five, you know, or six. Mm-hmm. And so they'll tell me, tell me to come back around then. And uh, it just works out because then I'll finish my, the, the area that I'm working on. Um, and then on my way out, you know, I can just drop by and, and talk to them as well. I think there's a good tip right there, guys. You should always do follow-ups, if possible, on your way out of the area. You don't want to leave where you were and get, like, get rid of your rhythm to go try and do a follow-up during the middle of your knocking shift. I would always tell people when I'm knocking, hey, tonight it'll be kind of dark because I'm going to do you at the, I, I'm going to come by at the end of my shift. But at around 7.30 or 8 or whatever that is, I'm going to come back through it might look a little sus, a little bit sketchy, but it's just me. You've already seen me. I'm the little Filipino guy showing back up. And make sure that you're here with your bill ready. That way you don't get off your rhythm. It's always really fun at the end of the day to send in two or three more bills just like that. And you didn't take out any of your prime knocking hours time. You don't want to spend any time in your car driving around to people's houses during the day. That's a night activity. So anything else you want to add on there, Carlo? Or Cody? No. 
think we can open it up for questions. If any of you guys setters need any questions that you want to ask Carlo, feel free yeah. to jump on. This is the Vacaville team. Can you hear us? Hey, we can hear you, Rob. Oh, good. Hey, oh, we're good glad Rob. to see Carlos having good success there. The one thing I would like to hear, if you don't mind, we want to know what pitch you're using that you're having such good success. Just share your pitch with us real quick, would you? Um, Sure. Go for it, Carlo. Right. You can interact with Jake. Yeah, Cody will talk to you. Okay, I mean me, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll just knock on the door. Knock, knock. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? I'm just following up on the net metering program. Are you guys the homeowners here? Uh, yeah, I am. Awesome. It's just around electric meter on the side of your home. They uh, installed that maybe four or five years ago. Have you been here for more than four years? Yeah, about seven years. Oh, great. So, do you remember them doing that? Mm, kind of. It kind of rings a bell. It's just right next to the yeah. it's the electrical box, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It's, um, it's just a round electric meter. I'm just here to check that real quick, and then I'll be right back to chat with you. Okay. All right. Be right back. Check the meter. See what's going on. Back. All right, sir. So, everything's um, working fine. It's syncing up properly. Um, did they get a chance to send anybody out here to tell you what that was for or what it does or anything? I don't think so, no. Okay, no problem. It's just part of the California Renewable Energy Act. That was a bill that was passed last year. Um, did you hear about that at all? Uh, I've kind of seen stuff on the news, yeah. For sure. So, um, just to make it quick, all, all that is just an initiative by the state to help homeowners lower their power bills. Um, and so, they just sent us out here to let you know that because you have that meter, you can qualify for these programs to lower your power bills 30 to 50%. Um, and so what I do for the program is I just collect data and um, we just look at how much power you use in the home. Um, and I throw, throw that all into a system and then that'll show me the programs you guys could qualify for this year. So to give you an idea of the programs that uh, they've offered before is, um, you know, free swamp coolers, window tinting, uh, weather stripping, things like that. But now they're focusing more on renewable energy so things like solar hydro um wind have you seen the the wind panel or the windmills out in Sachby? yeah mm -hmm. yeah so things like that things that the state pays for but the homeowner benefits from just because it, it'll lower your power bills so if you have that bill lying around this one right here with the with the graph on, with the graph on it um i could scan it real quick and then i'll be out here for you got it sweet all right, so I'm gonna scan this in. What's the highest bill that you you've seen um, normally in the in the summertime? Eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars. That's huge. Yeah, that's getting pretty bad. Man, so yeah, we we could definitely help you out with that. Um, what's the lowest bill that you guys usually see? Uh, probably about three or four hundred bucks in the winter time. Oh, yeah, you guys are paying a ton. Um, compared to your neighbors. Really? So I, I'd love to uh, run your numbers and see how we can help you out. Like I said, we can lower this 30 to 50% for you. So um, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll throw this in the system and then my program coordinator will be in the area already tomorrow. Um, and he can um, drop by 10, 15 minutes. He can just show you the programs you guys could qualify for. Um, and what's great about these programs, I guess, is they're all subsidized by the state. So it's nothing out of pocket for you. As long as you qualify, um, you can start using them this year. 
So uh, we have an opening for him to come by at four, five, or six. Um, when when would work the best for you? Um, probably six o'clock would be best. All right, awesome. And would it, will your spouse be home as well? Um, I'm single, so single's a Pringle. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm right there with you, man. All right, so I'll put that in six p.m. Um, he'll come by, and since these are state programs, um, not everybody can gain access to these these programs. So I just have a few questions for you. Okay. Uh, how long did you say you've lived in the home? About seven years. Seven years, got it. And um, you guys are pretty good at paying things on time, like your bills and mortgages and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Awesome. You don't have to give me an exact number, uh, but credit score is pretty good, like above six fifty. Um, eight twenty-four. Oh, sweet. That's really good, man. You know, that's something to be proud of. Thanks, awesome. dude. Um, and no bankruptcies in the last couple of years. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Awesome. Well, you get you should qualify for everything. Um, they'll talk to you about all those programs tomorrow. Uh, one of the bigger programs right now is the solar program, just because the sun's always out out um out here. Um, have, you, have you ever looked into solar or anything? Um, not really. I've kind of seen a lot of the neighbors getting it on their homes, but I haven't really personally looked into it a whole bunch. Okay. I've heard stuff, well, but... You, um, a lot has changed, and um, we can definitely uh, talk... He can, text, he can talk to you about all the, the details tomorrow, but that usually comes up to be, to be the one that uh, saves people the most money. Um, but like I said, it's only one of the programs, and we still have to look into if, even if you qualify. So... We'll let you know tomorrow when he comes by. Got um, it. But yeah, before I go, do you have any questions for me? Um, is that your van over there? That is my van. <laughs> Good job, brother. There you go, Carlo. Thanks so much for sharing that. I'm sure based on that pitch, you might have a few people ask you some questions about how this is going or that's going, etc. But that was that was a great question, Rob. What other questions do we have for this guy? Also, Rob, do you have any questions following up that pitch? Is what I, would, I probably would assume. No, I thought it was really good. Good job. We like it. So we just got you out there. Thank you. Thank you. What did Alan say? Yeah, I just had a quick question. Yeah. Yeah, so, Carlo, what would you say, like, for you, um, I mean, we heard your pitch. Uh, it's not, like, very different than what, what a lot of uh, the pitches I've heard is doing. But for you, what do you think out of the whole pitch? What's something that, like, you focus on or, like, specifically is working the most for you, if there is anything? Or probably not the whole pitch, but something specifically, but probably, like, your uh your posture when you're in the doors your your attitude or like you know something specific that you think like because of this i think this is uh people are able to listen to me more or because of this i'm able to pull more bills is there something specific yeah i think uh like otherwise it's um i didn't i didn't talk about um putting, putting the customer in a box up front so like you know like the first few questions in, in the pitch where it's like are you the homeowner or have you been here for this long 
um, you know, they'll say yes or no, and you kind of put them in a box, you kind of control um, the, the conversation. Um, and that's helped out a lot, just asking those questions up front, because um, then you kind of have control of, of the conversation, like I said. And yeah, that specifically for me has, has helped a ton, um, because then you don't give, an, give them an option of um, kind of them taking control. And then I think, like, like I said before, it's just that the confidence, like coming up there, like knocking on the door and just really feeling like or believing like you're supposed to be there. Um, you're just there to, you know, check the meter, let them know about how we can save the money. Um, yeah, just the confidence and just the first few questions up front. Put them in a box and being confident. Sweet. Thanks, man. Yep. Good question. <clears throat> what other questions do we have for Carlo? Carlo, I have a question for you if nobody else does. I'm curious. When I was studying, I didn't really bring up the credit score stuff a lot. I didn't really ask those type of questions. Does that ever spook uh -huh. the customer? Do they ever, are they ever concerned why you're asking that and stuff like that? I have had a few um, ask that. Um, and I just say like, it's, a, it's just a nice preface to be like, yeah, since these are state programs, you know, we, we can't just give these out to everybody. Um, so that's kind of mitigated that a bit. Okay, cool. So when they say like, oh, why are you asking me that? You're saying just because of the state program, like not everybody qualifies, just want to make sure? Yeah. Okay. It just gives us what you would qualify for. Okay. And that usually does the trick. People aren't too concerned? Yep. Okay. Awesome, man. Any other questions? We're wrapping up. We're at about the hour mark, so this is about the perfect time we want to usually close. Is there any lasting questions we have for Carlo? Do you have any other questions before we wrap up? Carlo, did you say what your goal was for the end of the year, brother? Oh, yeah. That's, that's always a question I love to ask people is, what is your financial goal this year? Um, definitely six figures. Probably one. I think it's, it's definitely 120, but I, I uh, want to see if I can readjust that and try and shoot for something higher. That's awesome. That's, we've been hearing that a lot lately company-wide as people are saying, hey, I came out thinking I was going to make this amount. I'm going to boost it up to this higher amount now. So that's really cool, man. I think you're going to get there. I really, really do. Yeah, if your first month you're already at 10 Gs, yeah, you're I mean, on track for about 20, right? Yep, if you keep on working every month, you'll definitely hit that. And I think you're just going to ramp up and keep selling more. Carl, last question for you. Do you want to become a closer? Um, yeah, definitely. Do you have plans to start that process? What's that? Do you have plans to start that process? Yeah, I, I'm actually um, in that process right now. I've just been studying up the um, closure manuals and stuff, and the you know the docs, and I've just been asking. And, and our team, Dan Briggs and Mikey Hanks, have started self-training, and so I've just kind of been observing them and seeing. Um, what they do, um, and I just ask them questions, and um, I plan to I plan to start self-sending within the next two weeks. So that's awesome. In closing, I just want to let everybody know the transition between setting and self-genning is not super easy.
there's definitely some bumps there that you're going to have to deal with. And Carlo, you will as well. Time management is the biggest thing. If you're not pulling five bills a day or around that, then you probably don't want to make that transition because you're not going to have enough time in the day to pull bills as well as close deals. You're going to be always trying to just get an appointment on your schedule. So it's really hard to make that transition, but it's worth it. So don't be scared of transitioning, but definitely be ready for a bigger time commitment, more work, more follow-up, more planning, et cetera. It's also smarter to do it for financial purposes too, right? It you is. You miss out on a lot of deals if you don't have your closing game down. So it is. Make sure you got that down. Awesome, guys. Well, Carlo, thanks so much for your time, dude. And next week, we'll jump back on again with another setter and hear what they're doing, what their habits are, what their lifestyle is, and why they're making big waves in the industry. So we'll talk to you guys all later. And Carlo, thanks so much for your time. A once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.